Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is episode number 48. We have now done twice as many episodes as the total number of major and minor keys in Western tonal music, not counting and harmonic equivalents, of course. We are the podcast about bad books, movies, and television. Today we're talking about Eclipse by Stephanie Meyer. This is the third book in the Twilight series, and we're reading the middle third of it. If you want to read along with us, check check it out. You can get it for free, the audiobook anyway, by going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep and signing up for a free trial, which not only gets you a book at exactly what it deserves to be paid, you also support us. It's like you're tipping us for all of our wonderful work, like we just served you a crappy book beer. <laughs> hey, okay, uh, let me introduce today's panel. We have a very special panel today for you. First of all, he's just a lovable boyfriend who occasionally locks you up when he goes out of town so you won't cheat on him. It's Ezra. It's not that I don't trust you, but I don't trust you. (laughs) Also joining us today, he is just a lovable platonic friend who occasionally kiss-rapes you. It's Chris. I'll kiss you, even if it's just a statue of you, and even if you're mad at me. (laughs) Because I suck. <laughs> and we have a, a very special guest today. She's got a, a face that caused a vampire werewolf war. Or was it her personality? No, it must have been her face. Definitely her face. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sarah back to the program. It's uh, just like having a Barbie doll start a fight. <laughs> Between the G.I. Joes and the Hot Wheels. No, it's like it's like G.I. Joe versus My Little Pony. Oh, that's even better. Wait, but only one of those has real hair you can brush. I, I don't think that's a fair <laughs> fight. I put wigs on my G.I. Joes. <laughs> of course, I'm your host today. Uh, I'm just another pale, depressive vampire. But I'm different because I used to be a general in a southern vamparmy. <laughs> uh, my name is Alex. Vamparmy is kind of a stretch, dude. <laughs> Everything I do on this show is kind of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> So, today, before we talk about any more about this book, we need, Chris, it is your turn as our plot authority. It is up to you to summarize today's book in the style of two vampires having a conversation in which one can read minds and the other can see the future. Okay, so what happens in this book... Oh, I see I see where you're going there. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, but what you think is is not what actually happens. See, Bella and Jacob actually... Well, of course they were going to. I saw that. Well, okay, no, but Edward gets mad, but not that mad. No, 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 he gets more mad than you think. I can read minds, all right? Wait, (laughs) no, there are other vampires, and they're out there, and they're going to start a fight. But what's going to happen to Bella? I'm not going to tell you. You'll just think the wrong thoughts. But what's going to happen to her? I'm not going to tell you, but nothing interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. Right, that out of the way, let's start with the first half of our compliment sandwich. Sarah, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the compliment round. I will go last. Gentlemen first. Ooh, how nice. That's not the way it normally goes. (laughs) (laughs) Most of our guests go go last the first time, and then after that they usually go first, because everyone doesn't want theirs to get stolen. Well, I, I am fairly confident in mine, but we'll see. I just want. I'm gonna try to guess what Sarah's is and try to steal it. <laughs> no, Alice, no. <laughs> Why don't I go first? Yeah, yeah go ahead. For my major compliment, they're setting up for a party, and Alice asks Edward's advice on the music, and she says, 
do I play the stuff that people will find comforting, or do I try to educate them? And then he gives her very solid advice. So like, my compliment is to Edward and the book for knowing that a party is not time for you to be elitist and force your music down people's throats. They just want to dance. That is probably good party advice, yeah. That's so true. If you can read the future, wouldn't you have known what the right decision was? A plot hole! <laughs> <laughs> Next up today, it is, uh, it is Chris. Chris, what do you have? My major compliment is that Bella suffers in this part of the book. Because <laughs> she breaks her hand on Jacob's jaw. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I mean, like, so the setup is that he kisses her. But she doesn't want to, so she does, you know, that, that in-between awkward thing where she just stands still, which means that it's the right idea, but she's still culpable. And then she feels bad about it, so she punches him in the face as hard as she can, but because he's a werewolf, his face doesn't move, and her hand breaks. And it, it hurt a lot. And This you know, is a new thing in the, in the werewolf lore, I think, that their yeah. faces are... Punch proof? Concrete. Yeah, punch proof. Punch proof only after they uh, commit sexual assault. I think. Yeah. Well, sexual yeah, assault, I mean, like four, all right? But, yeah, anyway. Like four? On a scale well, of like, one to th- Sexual assault one would be, one I rape you and leave you dead in the street. Sexual assault four would be, I kiss you when you only kind of want me to. Wait, what's the scale go down to? Like, 20? Yeah, it's funny because the way you've set it up is like there's a definite how the most sexual assault you can do, but there's no low end to what little sexual assault you can do. You know, it's, it's like murder one. There's like murder one, murder two. I mean, murder four would be like you, you thought about it and he died. Murder eight would be you weren't aware. You know? Murder 20, so like, you actually gave birth to someone. <laughs> sexual assault 15 is like you just took a sip of her drink while she was in the bathroom. <laughs> But yeah, watching Bella, you know, get broken is incredibly cathartic for me. <laughs> All right, uh, Ezra, I think that makes it your turn. It should. This book gets a point for actually making me read past the assignment. Uh, the book may get a point, but you lose a point for that. All yeah. right, it, it gets one of my points, I guess, for tricking me. <laughs> no, because it used one of my all-time favorite plot points, which is opposing forces teaming up, putting aside the differences for a little bit. It was awesome in uh, X2, X-Men United, yes. and uh, it's awesome here. At least it would be if they actually ever got to the fucking fight. <laughs> <laughs> I read through the next, um, I guess, three hours of, of the next section, and basically it's just a long discussion on marriage and some, some awkward cuddling. Uh, so that's a spoiler. Oh, no. Wait, yeah. Jacob and Edward are cuddling? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's awkward. <laughs> I hate how you smell. <laughs> I hate how you smell. You're too warm. You're too cold. <laughs> that is interesting. Who would win that? An unmeltable force meets an uncoolable item. <laughs> In an unreadable book. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect stasis. Right. Sarah, your turn. Compliment away. You know what? I encountered a phrase that I never thought I would read in any book in this section, which was, while Edward is holding Bella's face at some point, he says, there are things between my hands right now I can't live without. (laughs) (laughs) That, to me, is Stephanie Meyer's writing in a nutshell. (laughs) I like the plurality of it, too. He's like, I really, I need your earrings. Don't go. (laughs) I need both your eyebrows, part of your chin. I put a lot of money into those braces, Bella. Don't die. <laughs> it did also set up the, the pleasing expectation that maybe he would just 
push his hands in. <laughs> you're so <laughs> close. Oh, you're so close. Come on. <laughs> the rest of you I can get rid of, but I'm going to hang on to this part. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, now that that's now that the hard part is done, we can get right into our insulting. So now uh, we're going to have our regular segment that we call Hategories. How many hates can you name in any given category? Uh, you guys remember Scategories? No? No, not really. Chris, you ever played Scategories? It's always that game that's up at the lake cabin that nobody really wants to play. Yeah, we chose not to play Scategories. I feel like everyone's like, ooh, apples to apples. No. Yeah, like, we're going to do Scategories. Uh, no, let's do Cranium. I'm going to do Haples to Haples next week. Haples to Haples. Well, okay, I can name 3,128. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll start with number one. Oh, okay, well, it's actually 3,128 in one. Here's oh. how it goes, right? The Collins throw Bella a graduation party and invite the entire school to come over. It's very special because normally nobody ever goes to their house. Alice goes crazy, and the description is every 20 feet or so, there is another tree leading the way down the three-mile-long driveway that is completely wrapped in fairy lights. Now, every 20 feet for three miles is Mm -hmm. 3,128 or so trees of you know lit up like this which in turn if you think about 50 or so light bulbs per fairy light string is like 15,000 little lights mm-hmm. like that goes beyond reason it goes like, <laughs> I mean, like because you don't want the neighbors to be suspicious or the astronauts to miss your party for <laughs> but because edward is a, a vampire and he's perfect at everything he plugged those all into one circuit it was amazing. <laughs> so that was my, my hate on Stephanie Meyer's inability to reasonably think about math. Excellent. That's all. Uh, it was long enough, Chris, that I'm going to say that was 3,128 insults in two. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Thank you. I have a, a category for the, well, I'd hate to call it arts and literature, but a language one, certainly. Hmm? I've noticed a trend in these books towards... Clauses that explain the clause that came directly before it. <laughs> For example, the sun broke through the clouds, a surprise I hadn't expected. <laughs> <laughs> a surprise I hadn't expected. Bella is forever expecting surprises, though, to be fair. <laughs> She's, like, looking around the corners, like, us, and you're, like, waiting for it. Somebody's going to see a party. <laughs> She has, like, such serious brain damage that the sun rising is like, oh, my God, the sun <laughs> rose. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> the first sunrise of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I got another hit on Bella's inability to do things. Yeah. Uh, to add to the list of things that she sucks at, jewelry appraisal. Yeah. She does not know whether things are diamonds or not, even when people kind of hint pretty explicitly that they're diamonds. <laughs> she just cannot, she cannot put one and zero together. <laughs> So, I have another hate for uh, a Stephanie Meyer description. Here is the way she described the werewolves. She said, They were tall like horses, with teeth like knives, covered in a fur that was soft and rough. Alright, let's all picture for one second. Horses with knives for teeth that have physics-defying soft and rough hair. 
<laughs> that is a fucked up looking horse and not a wolf at all. I can't say I understand it, but I do want to give it its own series and not read this book instead. <laughs> it sounds like a Shel Silverstein illustration. <laughs> That's really good. I have a, a hate, I guess it'd probably be another like arts and culture one. Uh, what exactly is a chic rave, and how would vampires know when to have one? <laughs> I, I think a chic rave was in the early 90s when they just started hitting, you know, the party scene. I, I just realized that Stephanie Meyer is only existing in the early 90s in these books. It makes sense, because Bella only wears long khaki skirts, and all parties are only raves. <laughs> I, um, uh, man, she is going to be bummed out when she figures out that Kurt Cobain died. <laughs> I, got, I got a pretty decent-sized hate. I guess this is for law enforcement and safety? Charlie, alright, upon hearing that his daughter got sexually assaulted, says, good for you, Jacob. Yeah! <laughs> what the hell, Charlie? That's, that's not my favorite character talking. Yeah. My... The favorite character I know cares when his daughter <laughs> fractures her hand and maybe should take her to see a doctor rather than complimenting the guy who kissed her against her will. I'm going to say that maybe he just had shaved his mustache recently and, and it was the, the naked face talking. <laughs> Bald faced lies. <laughs> Boom. Uh, this was a great thing for Charlie because this whole book so far, Charlie's thing has been... I want Jacob to win your heart over Edward. This is a good um, cautionary tale, then, I guess, for parents, that you probably you probably cannot convince your child to love the, the werewolf instead of the vampire. If you really wanted to change your mind, you should have been like, I love Edward, Edward's awesome, let's hang out all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or maybe uh, Charlie could have started you know, acting really weak and stupid, and maybe Edward would have fallen for him instead. <laughs> Charlie should have dated Esme. Charlie kind of wants to bang Alice. Yeah. Oh, that's even better, actually. It is, because it's, it's my favorite character and, and, and my favorite wig. Together at last. <laughs> Two sides uniting. <laughs> the relationship is just like a, a, a dummy head with a mustache and an Alice actually, wig on it. No, I've got it. It's a cop buddy show. Mustache and the wig. <laughs> that's great, though. Like she, like, she can see the future, and he's like... He's the bumbling old cop. He's like, no, Alice, we should do things by the book. But I can see what's going to happen. But no, you wreck cars. I'm too old for this shit. We gotta get out of here. Oh, oh, that's great. And then like, uh, like Billy can be like the chief. You know? Oh, <laughs> also fired. <laughs> Hey, Ez? Yeah. Um, I couldn't help but notice you had a Facebook post about how you needed everybody to loan you money so you could keep going to school. What's that about? Um, I was trying to I was trying to get rich, and um, I got suckered into one of those um, nutritious juice-selling pyramid schemes. Nutritious juice-selling? Yeah, they're really good juices, but it turns out that they're not really going to make you live forever, uh, and you have to buy a certain amount every month. Uh, I thought I was going to be able to sell them, but it turns out I've just been drinking them and peeing a lot. Uh, so I'm yeah. I'm flat broke. And like like you actually took money out of like your scholarship fund. For I that? thought it was a yeah I thought it was a sure thing, man. Uh, juice, who doesn't <sighs> like juice and living forever? They're both great things. 
You know, I mean, like, the worst thing about being really poor, I've noticed, is that you just, you always have trouble finding something to do. Like, every, like the world's not fun, because you can't really go out and do anything anymore. Like, you no, know, I got one saving grace right there, because I found something free that I can do while, while I'm looking for new money. And what's that? Uh, I listen to Audible books. They're really great. Wow. But you can't afford audiobooks. You're flat broke. I actually can afford at least one, yeah. Uh, if I go to audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep, I get a free Audible audiobook just for signing up. Wow, that's I mean that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Just line up like that and you get a free book? Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll need that free book because it turns out that um I'm gonna have some medical bills to pay for because these juices, they're carcinogenic. Keep your colon, read a book. Audible.com <laughs> <laughs> So it's time for our regular, uh, one of our regular segments today. It's called the Writer's Workshop. We've gathered some people here who've all shared some of their writing, including today we have visiting us uh, Stephanie Meyer. Hi. Hi, Stephanie. That is very brave of you to share this work with us. Uh, That was really nice and took a lot of courage to let somebody read it. Uh, So thank you for that. Thank you. Does anybody have any questions or maybe constructive feedback for for? Yeah, I got a question, Stephanie. I, I, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Chet. Uh, we read my story about a guy hanging out with another guy, drinking beer and getting high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what I noticed is that I thought for a while I actually hated you. But now I realize I only hate Bella because when Bella isn't telling a story, like with the vampire mythology or the werewolf mythology, that wasn't as bad. So if you could just maybe kill off your main character retroactively and rewrite the book without her, that'd be great. (laughs) Bella is like a daughter to me. I could never hurt her. Seriously hurt her. Uh, (laughs) Could you name her in such a way that she's in a coma for most of the book? So just, you know, uh, Stephanie, we are trying to be constructive and helpful here. So maybe you should try to take those suggestions. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I have to say it's a little bit late for that now. But, you know, fingers crossed, if I ever come out with Midnight Sun, you'll be in for a treat. Because <laughs> that's Edward's perspective. And, and in fact, I've heard you're coming out with a new book uh, in just a couple of days about one of the vampires. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that that won't hopefully have any of uh, Bella in it at all. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, this is uh, Jethro. Uh, I believe we read uh, my story about the retired Army private exploring the American Southwest two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just I want to talk about your story of the Spirit Warriors, the Indians, or the sorry Native Americans. Uh, I forget what you guys call them up here. They uh, they turn into wolves. Which seems not that different from my story, where Private Benjamin Linus gets drunk. Did you steal my story? (laughs) Sorry, Jethro, did you steal from Lost? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but talk to me about why why you stole from me and how come your version is so boring. <laughs> well, I would say, Jethro, that no great art exists in a vacuum. 
everything is influenced by everything else. So maybe somewhere along the line, I'd, I'd heard something about some thing that happens to a person once after a lot of setup and... You can't see me right now, but I'm making that masturbating motion with my hand. (laughs) I'm not familiar with that. (laughs) I can see see him and it's a very fine masturbating motion indeed. Uh, Stephanie, you said that no great piece of art exists in a vacuum. I think that's true. But yours is a shitty piece of art. And if it's not in a vacuum yet, I want to put it in one so we can quarantine it. It would be a perfect place for it because a vacuum sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's rude. Uh, Stephanie, I have a question for you. Uh, My name is Commodore Sickle. You may remember me. uh, Last week we read some sex poems I'd written for my wife. When you were going about the writing process, how did you choose to write this book in the perspective first-person idiotic? Well, you (laughs) must uh, remember that I'm writing for an audience of predominantly young women. And I I wanted to write a character that they could really uh, relate to and, and aspire to. I, I think that Bella is uh, a role model, really. Uh, this is this Jethro, uh, one more time, Stephanie, about the lack of action. I, I have a theory that as men we read this and see a lack of action because men climax so early sexually. Is this something about women where they climax not at all sexually? And if so, <laughs> you expand on that? Well, that's a really interesting interpretation of it. I I hadn't really thought of it that way. I guess you could see the whole series of books as being a long, uneventful uh, coming together in the missionary position with not a lot of talk and (laughs) a jerky, uneven pace. And everyone leaves unsatisfied. Very well done. Yeah, it was kind of like watching, I guess, two blow-up dolls fumble for each other for uh, uh, about three books. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question for you, Stephanie. At one point in the book, you write, quote, They backed me into a corner in every sense. Please, how many senses of that are there? And uh, could you name all of them, please? They had made her walk backwards until her back was against the point where the walls meet. Okay, that's one. And also, uh, in her mind, she's backed into a corner because she's feeling trapped by them also um i would argue that maybe socially and uh emotionally she's being backed into a corner because they're forcing her to once again make a choice between these two groups of beings i mean that sounds that sounds an awful lot like the uh, second sense that you just mentioned there was one where there was a corner and there was one where there was not a corner but pretending there was a corner well also bella has an eating disorder oh what does that mean? Backed into a corner, you know, growing up. Well, that's another another meaning, yes. Yeah. Also, she's a dunce, and they have to be in the corner. Ah, very good. Very good. I was also thinking that sometimes when you're in, a, in an SUV and you can't see where you're backing up and you hit the corner store, but I don't think she fulfilled that sense. She was not in an SUV in that sense, no. no. I don't remember that. I don't remember any of this. You can't see this, but I'm making the masturbation motion right now. <laughs> Commodore, roughly how old are you? <laughs> you sound like you're like 180. I'm 180. That's exactly right. How did you know that? 
I don't know. You referenced Corner Store. I don't think they have those for the last like 100 years. <laughs> As you, you, you can't see this right now, but I'm uh, pretending to be smoking a pipe because that helps me uh, with my age. Grounds my character. That's what it does. <laughs> Stephanie, I got another question. Okay. As we understand it, Jacob is like six foot seven. He has really long hair when when he's human, and even longer hair when he's a wolf. Mm-hmm. How big is his package, both in human and wolf form? Are you referring to his gift for Bella for graduation? Yes, exactly. I'm pretty sure I am. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's very it's very small. I mean, you know, he he made it himself. It's not going to be that impressive. Really? At but six he... foot seven, I don't believe that. I bet it's at least a tenor. <laughs> All right, like you could sing bass. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Commodore. Commodore. Are you in Hotville? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how did how did you know? Of course, I was in Hotville. You used to play at all the corner stores and uh, the Nickelodeons and uh, whatever. You seem to be jumping through decades really indiscriminately. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, uh, uh, Stephanie Meyer writes a bad book. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, I have a question for you, uh, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Out of curiosity, you constantly are referring in this book people's expressions being unreadable. At what point did you realize that Bella was autistic, and is that modeled after yourself? <laughs> Bella is dealing with uh, non-human entities, and I think that would be difficult to communicate with for anyone. Except they look exactly like people. Like, like people. <laughs> it's not very hard. Also people who, who are... They are also people who. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that masturbating thing again. <laughs> The motion, the motion. <laughs> I've got one more question for all of you that reminds me of my vaudeville days. When she tells Jacob that she's not going to date him, she says, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Why did you skip all of the wonderful werewolf breakup lines? Like, it's time for me to pack and go. <laughs> <laughs> or, hair today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> I'm howling mad at you right now. <laughs> It's not you, honey, it's me. I want to go sniff some other butts. Ah! (laughs) Gentlemen, it has been a delight, but I will leave you with this. Jacob is totally hung like a horse. I knew it. With knives through teeth. I knew it too. The only thing left for us to do is the other half of our compliment sandwich, so we're going to go in reverse order. Sarah, that means it's your time to go first. All right. Well, I'll leave you with this other really wonderful quote from Miss Bella, one of her constant inner monologues. Uh. It felt more and more like my life was a game of dice these days. Would the next roll come up snake eyes? Depends on what game of dice you're playing, that that would actually matter. What, what does that mean if her, if the next roll comes up snake eyes? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? What if she is like Monopoly and she's already sitting on Park Place? I mean, oh, uh-huh. yeah, if you get snake yeah. eyes, then, then you, you get to buy Boardwalk. Well, yeah. what if somebody else already had three houses? See, that's the thing. See, this is like, this is a really good image. <laughs> My life is really unpredictable. It's like playing Monopoly and just coming down the row of greens and blues and only rolling low numbers and not having income tax money lying around. And Yeah, it's, that's pretty much as strong of a simile as, as yeah. what she wrote. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I was giving it a good effort. <laughs> and also, you're the iron. Oh. <laughs> Ezra, compliment away. I got a sexual innuendo compliment. Nice. Uh-huh. Didn't have to do any bleeps this time. Again, Emmett insisted, his smile gone. It's my turn, Edward protested. My fingers tensed around his. In a minute, Jasper grinned, stepping back. I want to show Bella something first. <laughs> wow. Do you think Stephanie Meyer's writing with an ear for that? I know she's kind of, you know, Mormony, but sometimes I just think, like, come on. You're... <laughs> come on. Still waters run deep. She did write a series about the most, like, hot little 17-year-old immortal boy ever while having an ostensibly happy marriage. Yeah. What is still waters run deep? I don't actually know what that means. Chris, it's like it's like a game of chance, and uh, your dice might come with snake eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like teeth like knives and a horse cock. <laughs> Chris, why don't you compliment? So my minor compliment is actually that we get to see Jessica again. Um, we get to see Bella's human friend, Jessica, former best friend, and at the end of high school, she's so caught up in it being the end of high school that she forgets that her and Bella aren't friends anymore. And she's just reminiscing and just kind of monologuing. This is all just so incredible. Do you remember your first day here? We were friends, like, right away. From the first time we saw each other. Amazing. And now I'm off to California, and you'll be in Alaska, and I'm going to miss you so much. You have to promise that we'll get together sometimes. I'm so glad you're having a party. That's perfect. Because we really haven't spent much time together in a while. And now we're all leaving. And she's supposed to be annoying, but I keep picturing Anna Kendrick doing that scene, and Anna Kendrick is wonderful. Yeah. I, I, you know, my compliment is that I thoroughly enjoyed that paragraph, um, thinking that Anna Kendrick would be awesome at it. Yeah. That just leaves me. So for my minor compliment, we find out in the, we talk more about the native peoples and their myths in this uh, section of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, what's, what's awesome about it, here's my compliment, is that it turns out all of the native people's myths were true and i think that is just awesome because i've always wanted to believe that earthquakes are caused by the turtle that carries the world uh, stopping to adjust himself <laughs> so his turtle sack is like a little off the side or something <laughs> <laughs> Hey, okay, great. So this is a segment uh, that I really like. This is called Infrequently Asked Questions, where people submit questions to us on our Facebook page, and we we give you responses that are probably hilarious, but we're pulling back the curtain. We don't. This doesn't have to be funny necessarily. We're actually going to answer your questions honestly, although from the looks of the Facebook page, most of your questions aren't about us personally, so <laughs> we'll answer those as we need to. So, Chris, would you please do a dramatic reading of our first question for today? This question is from Thomas Hodges. Who is your favorite member? Of Girls Aloud. I had to look this up to get an opinion on it, but I totally have one now. Nadine? Nadine. Good answer. Because she's seen up with this desire to try to make colostomy bag users feel more confident and attractive uh, with, you know, like underwear that can fit a colostomy bag in it. And um, with a bag that collects what comes out of their ass without them controlling it. Yeah. <laughs> imagine why there's a taboo about that here's a quote i don't think it's so much taboo i just think it's gross but yeah go for it oh uh quote you can still look and feel gorgeous whilst having a colostomy huh uh okay okay i'm a fan of looking gorgeous at all times so moving right along chris uh, thomas had a handful of questions let's actually answer a couple more of thomas's questions okay this question is also from thomas 
If forced to choose, would you rather Sarah Palin, Ayn Rand, or Ann Coulter? I, I like this question because I'm not sure what them. Uh, yeah. Would I rather do them? Would I rather read a book by them? Would I rather be them? Would I rather buy a delicious popsicle for a low, low price? Uh, well, I think the answer is going to be the same no matter what the question is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what's I that? think it's Sarah Palin. She's it's going to be Sarah Palin, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, Ann Coulter is just too bony for any of those options. Yeah. yeah. And Ann Rand like, which... So, yeah, you're right. I, definitely Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin unless, is... Unless the question is, if forced to choose, which one would make a better horse skeleton? <laughs> <laughs> and then there'd be a tie between Ann Coulter and Ayn Rand. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, how about the other Thomas oh, question? Uh, yeah, this is another question from Thomas. Chosen from the responsible, or God damn it, <laughs> his accent's changing every time. Yeah, <laughs> Thomas is really gonna nail down his Irish yeah. accent. Chosen from the responsible for the books and the films reviewed thus far, who would you rather write or direct, either a biography or a film of your life? Uh, again, the same as last time, I'm gonna go with Sarah Palin because I know she would gussy up my life to make it seem more interesting than it really was. Fuck it, I want Rick. I want Rick Riordan. Oh, never mind. High School Musical is a better answer. Rick- no, Rick Riordan is funny because he would pretend that your flaws were superpowers. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, Chris had the superpower of being the center of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Although it manifested itself in crippling depression. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of vanity. <laughs> uh, if you have any other questions for us, infrequently or frequently asked, uh, put them on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash weep, and we'll try to answer them in one of these segments. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been episode number 48. We look forward to having you back again very shortly. We will be back next week reading the third half of the Eclipse book. When something promises to happen and then probably won't. Yeah. Well, the safe assumption, I think, is that there will be more battle in the movie than in the book. That's my guess. Oh, yeah. So I think I might not hate this movie as much because the idea of vampires and werewolves having a great throwdown is awesome. And I wish you'd come up with that two books ago. Yeah, or ten years ago when the movie Underworld came out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Stephanie Meyer's like, I like Underworld, but it doesn't suck enough. Yeah, if you want that to suck more, you gotta put it in a vacuum. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's it's Commodore Sickles. He's back. <laughs> That's it. Anyway, thank you so much. Join us again next week. Get the audiobook for free, audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. That's the best way to support us financially. So do that, and uh, we will talk to you then. Thank you so much, as always, Chris and Ezra. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And thank you very much for being with us, uh, Sarah slash Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure. It was great. We'll, uh, we will have you again next week to finish up this uh, shit pile if you're interested. Always. I cannot get enough. <laughs> great. All right. Thanks. Uh, Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Was that a boomerang coming back around and hitting a pig? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>